Can I unmute myself? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. Can I... Can I talk now? I mean, can you, though? Can I just talk now? Why do we do this every time? Just, inter <laughs> just introduce the show. Welcome back! Welcome ladies. back, everyone, to Larry and Reap. It's uh, me here, a semi-consistent host with our semi-consistent co-host. We're out oh, here. I'm the co-host We're going to talk. Yeah, I said co-host. You're going to stand wow. up for yourself? No, I'm not going to stand up for myself. Why would I stand up? For somebody who doesn't care about me. <laughs> oh my bad, my bad. I care. Let yeah, me let me rewind a little bit. My butt. Let let's rewind. Let's rewind. How about you no, introduce us today? Rewind. Well, you already did though. I we're pretending I didn't. We're rewinding. Your turn. Go ahead. Well, there's not a rewind. I mean, there's a rewind. We're, you're recording. We're we, live right now. We're literally live. We're live, but you're no gonna watching, introduce us. So I guess we could. I guess we could. No one's watching. Yeah, no so one's watching. So go ahead, redo it. <sighs> All right. So I mean. Welcome back, everybody, to Larry and Reap, our semi-consistent podcast. I'm Larry Ann. This is Reap LLC. I swear. <laughs> My name is Reap LLC, first of all. My That's bad. The brand. I'm, That's I'm, tr the brand. I'm trying to remember the new brand, the new you. Uh, I mean, we are the Reaper incarnate. We still are in charge of the Smooth Brain Army, but, you know, not in a, not in a fashion we used to be. Oh, yeah, completely. How, how, are, you, how are you, Mr. Cold Steel? How are you? Today, I'm doing pretty good, to be honest. I made hot sauce. It uh, doesn't matter. We don't care what? about that. All right, what? so secondly. Oh, how are you? <laughs> I mean, better than that, I'll tell you that. What do you mean better than that? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say because then you're going to cut me off. I'm not going to cut you off. Watch. Oh, he did. He muted his mic. Here we go. All right, so you better keep those hands away from the mic. I seen it. <laughs> I seen it. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but no, um, I, I guess things has been all right. We've been chilling. We've been trying to get this house stuff done. Had to shave the handlebar. I uh, got caught. I'm in the military, so I got caught. So I, they made me shave it. You know, pieces of trash over at the U.S. Air Force. Absolute dog water of an organization. Cannot wait till I get out. I'm so if you want to ask me any military-related questions, uh, feel free to ask, and I'll give you a whole podcast of bad news for you. But <laughs> That's but, another episode for another time of us just completely. But completely yeah. going in. <laughs> yeah, I would go in on the military. Don't don't play. Don't play with me. I would go in. Like we here on Larry and Reap remain politically neutral. <laughs> no, I had nothing to do with politics. It's just that organization is horrible. I've been Fair. a part of it for six years. It's garbage. Yep, you almost out. You almost out. Yep, yep, yep. Clapping for you. Clapping for you. All right, what's the topics for today? Because you know, I didn't. Obviously, I, I never prepare. Because you know, I'm kind of the goat anyway so i i'm out. not even ready to discuss the topics i wanted to talk about my hot sauce well, i made a, hot sauce a, today you have a whole tiktok by the way that tiktok's at larry and jew uh, uh, you can give him follow for all of his tiktok related needs the very first time my tiktok will be mentioned on youtube i keep my brand separate <laughs> same name yeah, he, same entity he literally, literally <laughs> talks to himself that's a bit that he's got going on yeah yeah that, that's the whole thing just wait until yeah. you guys see my ASMR if you can ever find it. Well, hopefully you don't. <laughs> it is gross. It's it is not the, gross. The grossest it's, things we ever find. It's just By the ASMR. Way, uh, speaking of gross, we're just going to segue into this week's sponsor. We have Teakwood Lotion from Body wow. and Bath Works. They wow. don't pay us, but boy, let me tell you, this is the greatest lotion a man could ever use. I, That's I, it. You said it's lotion? That's correct. It's uh, Teakwood's men, men's collection, Bath and Body Works Ultra Shea Body Cream. Okay. Gonna, Absolutely delicious. 
completely not part of the fake sponsorship and anything. I actually need hand lotion, <laughs> so so that's actually uh, gonna help th- me out. This is uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. I've been using it for months, and it's made my alligator hands pretty soft now. Wow, so. wow! Please sponsor us. We need the money. We're both broke. <laughs> Yes, yeah, I, I am uh, more broke than him, and he has a part-time job. What does that tell you? So, <laughs> yeah, if that says anything. <laughs> uh, dude, that, it's insane, man. It's insane. By the way, how's your job search going? Uh, it's going pretty fine. I uh, I went to a few. I went to some place today on my hot sauce journey, um, and it gave me an idea of something maybe I would do. Um, I'll tell you what it is a, a little bit down you- the line. Are you going to sell hot sauce eventually? Or? I would love to be able to sell hot sauce. The biggest thing is um, if I'm going to do it by the books, I need to have like a commercial kitchen in order to do it um, because you're not able to do that from your own home. No, well, you can't. You don't have to have a kitchen. You have to have a, uh, uh, you have to have it like, I think, it, well, if you're making it from scratch, it's got to be like, well, if not FDA approved, but yeah. it has to be. You have to have some type of food approval license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. And usually you would need a commercial-grade kitchen in order to do that, where you have certain really? things the right way. Yeah, I looked it up a little bit the other day. Uh, um, okay. You'd need something. Well, I mean, sell it. You can, I mean, it's not illegal to sell. It to is. sell on the street. It is. Uh, you can sell, what? like, you can sell things like your homemade cookies or whatever That's more what legally. homemade hot sauce. Hot sauce is different. I this, It falls into a category where it would be illegal. I, I, I I looked it up. I'm gonna be completely honest, uh, but off the books, I uh, you're, not, you're not doing that. You're not if I, a few that. of my friends <laughs> wants to come to my house and try my hot sauce and pay never, me for my time, you sound like an you sound like a prostitute. I sound, hey, listen. Like. I will whore out my hot sauce any day of the week. Oh wow! Don't man, I'm gonna get Judge Jets back in here if you don't if you keep, <laughs> keep it down. I'm gonna be completely down. honest with you guys. If you haven't seen it, please watch the last episode. It's got a few audio yeah, well, issues, but I last, had so much except fun. Except on except on uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Reaper Incarnate does not yep. have audio issues. Yeah, you know that's uh, where you're gonna want to watch that one. Is is a noob, but uh, I am. I am. It's but, a shame. <laughs> but last podcast was. By far one of the funniest bits that I've ever done with this man, and uh, you know, it took a decent amount of preparation. Except on my part, I took twenty minutes. But um, <laughs> every every episode, just mad funny. It just was. Mad funny. I'm excited to be able to do more like it, or if we change oh, yeah. up our style, something a little no, different. No, we, we we had a dispute where we're not we're not going to change it. It's always going to be like that. So okay, you know, fine, that's yeah. fine. We yeah. made it official. I'm, I'm, making, I'm making our, our arguments public. Okay, you're uh, you're leaking my DMs now, huh? <laughs> Second episode in, already got drama. <laughs> Our third episode. Really. But, uh, we completely derailed for a bit here, but our topic for the day is a uh, continuation of our first episode where we were talking about our early childhood games. Well, now we're going to be talking about our current games now, and that could be from like high school era to where we're at now. Uh, so our current games as of now, um, I wanted to start us off because you know me, I've got a ton of just whack, uh, games that no one else enjoys. So I'm going to bring them up. (laughs) Those are straight facts. I'm going to save the wackest of them all for my last point. My first point though will be Pokemon Soul Silver. There's so much to say about this game that 
if I was any good at doing like uh, editing or anything, I would make a whole video analysis on this game. What? What? <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't. I was trying to do the Stone Cold thing. Sorry. I, was gonna, I thought you were going to like say some points, you know. And you I got gonna, a good point. And then you it, say a point. And it's then, what? it's yeah. a little too late for that, but uh, yeah, no, that yeah, would have been funny. That would have no, been real okay. funny. Okay. No, I'll, I'll try to hit back. Yeah, we, we'll find it out later on. Uh, but Pokemon Soul Silver, the remakes of the second generation of Pokemon games. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm awful with remembering the names of regions. I think it's Johto. Um, you get Cyndaquil, you get Feraligator, you get uh, Chikorita. Three really good starter Pokemon. Of course, getting a... <laughs> I'm getting my camera to completely readjust every time. No, I was trying to get you to move the mic away from your mouth just a little. Oh, you know, you're, getting me, that, you you're getting some... Yo, you're breaking some threshold. That's what I was oh, you don't, you don't want me to break that? But... No, not like that. You know what I mean. <laughs> Anyways, thank you. Um, Cyndaquil is one of my favorite starters. I love the fire types in general. Um, and I know a lot of people don't like Cyndaquil because it's very basic. It's just like a, a ferret with fire on it when it evolves. It's adorable. It's adorable. It's adorable. And I'm so excited for it to be in uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Too bad I'm getting Oshawott. Uh, anyways, anyways. You get some great starters. You get uh, a really good story, especially spanning um, the entire... You get two regions worth of content here. So you start off, you're doing the normal game. Uh, Team Rocket's back again. Uh, this is t literally a sequel to the first generation of games. So all of that happened just like, uh, I don't know how long ago, but it happened. And Team Rocket's trying to come back. You're taking care of them. The rival's really cool. He's some red-haired, uh, annoying dweeb. Um, he's really, really strong. What's that? That's how it is. Red-haired, annoying dude. That's how it is. Yeah, yeah. That's how it is, huh? I, I okay. always will name him anytime I play the game Reap LLC just to Ooh. emphasize Ooh. how annoying and frustrating okay. this man is. Okay, I got you. I got you. Just wait. Just wait. I got a segment for you. What? <laughs> so, you go through, you have some tough battles, and then at the end of it all, you get to go to another region. That's what everybody wants in their Pokemon games now. We want more content. We want more regions. We want to be able to explore the full world. That's literally what we want. Breach. <laughs> That's what everybody's asking for. And they give you that in Soul Silver. Of course, it's just one other uh, region, but they do it well. And you get to explore all of this later on in the timeline. So you're able to see Misty a little bit older, Brock a little bit older. Um... And then at the very end, your very last battle is fighting Red. You go and you climb the top of that mountain. You click on him. It's just the dot, dot, dot. Bam. Battle's in. It's so good. And, man. Explain who Red is to the viewers. Thank you. Red is the main character of Pokemon Red and Blue. Uh, and Which is Leaf the prequel, the very first games. Yeah. The very first games. He's not the main character of uh, the, the Let's Go, <laughs> but he is of Red and Blue and Leaf Green and uh, Fire Red. And that battle is so difficult. I remember having a lot of hard, uh, a hard time finishing it. Um, I've had a, I had a rebattle in multiple times. I had to get my uh, starter Pokemon up to level 100 in order to even like put a dent in because I sucked. 
Um, there was a ton of different legendary Pokemon you could get. They did like a in Pokemon. I think it's uh, Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby. They had like these dimensional rifts where uh, you can go and you find legendary Pokemon. Well, the first time that happened was in Soul Silver uh, and Heart Gold. There's just a ton of uh, legendary Pokemon you can go and you can get. And then if you have others in your party, you can go and you can spawn different events starting to make those happen. Um, man, I I'm rambling a lot, and it's really hard for me to get onto the technical side of things because I'm pulling all of this from my memory, of course. But it was just so much fun. That That's the basic way I can put it. It was just so much fun. To me, to me it's the epitome of what a Pokemon game can be. Uh, I, I like black and white more in terms of story, but like the content, the sheer volume of what to do, that is what the best Pokemon has delivered in my personal opinion. Uh, of course... I would love to see Pokemon expand in the future. Legends looks very promising with an open world. It looks like it's opening world. I'd love side quests. I'd love other things to just do. But Soul Silver and Heart Gold, they've given the epitome of what this version of Pokemon is, of the the turn-based system. It's it's the epitome of what we've got now. So I'd love to see how they can explore new things down the line. Reap, what do you have to say? Oh, I was just going to follow up, kind of piggyback off that. I mean, I, I haven't played it in its entirety. I've only played it here and there. Um, unfortunately, I just sold my copy not too long ago. It makes me extra cash. But uh, um, the game, I mean, Gen 4, let's just keep it real. Gen 4 in its entirety from Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, like I talked about last time, Platinum, and then Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Like, that generation of Pokemon was just the best generation of Pokemon. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts. You can't really debate it as much. I mean, just based on all the features that you get, the aesthetics, the amount of new Pokemon, the remake value, the replayability of all those games. Like, just Gen 4 was, like you said, the epitome of what Pokemon is. Um, and it's by far the best Pokemon games we've ever had in 20, 20 what, 25 years now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's insane to think about. So, I mean, I definitely agree with that. Like I said, I haven't played it much, so, like, for somebody who hasn't... I mean, I know the gist, right? I know the story. I, I would say every Pokemon game is almost the same besides maybe yeah. Gen, Gen 8 or Gen 7. Yeah. But um, but for somebody who didn't play the game fully, what were some enhancements that you liked from, say, a Diamond and Pearl up to that? Because technically it was an upgrade of the Gen 4 engine, the Gen 4 capability... Because Diamond and Pearl, like we discussed in the last, uh, first podcast, was um, it was the first time it was on a DS, so it had a brand new platform to work on, and they tried different things out. They saw what stuck. They saw what didn't. What are some things in Soul Silver and Heart and Gold that uh, you enjoy them upgrading or enjoy them bringing over from the previous games or whatever the case is? Yeah, so the Johto games, Gold and Silver, the original ones, uh, they were cons they're considered some of the best as well by a lot of fans. Um, the biggest problem is because they're so old, they are very well dated. Of course, Pokemon games, like you said, they're pretty much the same over and all. However, there have been a lot of just general uh, user-friendly enhancements. Pokemon boxes. Uh, music has just gotten better. We can't deny that. Um, just the battle system looks better. I never played Diamond and Pearl, of course. However, by this point, the sprite work was beautifully done. The battle animations, while, I mean, they're still pixels, they're still doing really good. 
the music it's enhanced so you're getting remixes of some of the very nostalgic ones from back then um and then just again you're seeing it all in a new fresh coat of paint so a lot of the power of nostalgia is there however it's giving you all the enhancements and the benefits of a current modern day as of that time a current modern day pokemon game uh, plus, I mean, you're getting all the new Pokemon, too, if you go into the, the post-game and everything. I don't remember exactly how you were able to trade any of them up, but you were able to get them in your game, which is even better. Especially considering a lot of the legendaries, you can get an Arceus in there. There's a whole Arceus event. If you bring um, a certain Pokemon to a certain area, a whole bunch of unknown will spawn, and they will make an Arceus egg. You know, it's, it's you have crazy. to bring uh, all three of the legendaries from Diamond and Pearl and Platinum. You have to bring Giratina, Palkia, and Dialga. Yep. For that, I do. I do know that because yeah, you know, my favorite favorite legendaries. Yeah, and it gives it's it gives you so much lore in that context alone. Our unknowns are making this Arceus. So what came first? Is Unknown the first Pokemon, or is Arceus the first Pokemon? You know what I mean? It's giving you a whole lot of theories to start thinking about. If Arceus can be made by unknowns, then how powerful is Arceus, you know? There's just a whole bunch of uh, interesting things it gives you to think about. Of course, it's a game, so sometimes it could be argued it's just doing this just to do it, so you can have an Arceus. Um, but at the same time, it's just a lot of fun. And that's really what stuck with me. It, it just did everything right. The story was good enough, you know? It wasn't anything extraordinary, but it wasn't anything subpar. It didn't let you... It didn't give you anything to be desired. The boss battles were intense. It kept that difficulty. It wasn't very easy. Then you, I mean, it gives you the whole, like, ruins of Alf. You can go and collect all the unknowns. You can go and do all those puzzles. There's just a lot there and a lot to try to go into that just really makes the game beautiful. About how many hours do you say a normal playthrough would go through? Not 100% of the game, of course, but, you know, like the average player... If they were to play the game, like I know that Diamond and Pearl to complete the campaign alone was approximately, uh, if you played it at a normal pace, you know, it'd probably take 10 plus hours, which yeah. is, you know, for a Pokemon game, that's pretty long minus the newer stuff because it has cutscenes and stuff, but back then it didn't. So uh, how about how long do you think, you know, with, obviously with all the content of Diamond and Pearl, like all the content, it probably took about close to 30 hours, you know, so for a normal individual, not yeah. a speedrunner. So how much would it take for y'all? I'm looking it up right now, um, just because I, honestly, it's really hard for me to gauge with it having two regions. Lack of preparation, audience. L lack of preparation? Didn't even think I'd be asked this, because he didn't prepare well enough to, <laughs> to tell me this question. I'm, anyway, I sound pretty prepared, I'm just saying. You do sound very prepared. I do like this question. It makes me uh, throw it out there. Blah, blah. Anyways. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> what I'm seeing on Google, the main story alone, 37 hours. 37 and a half hours. Wow. The main story alone. Main story wow. and extra stuff, 77 hours. Completionist, 230 hours. Compare that to Platinum. I'll, I'll I look just, up Platinum. I just right see, yeah. yeah, I just want to see the comparison because Soul Silver and Hargo was the, or were the largest games. Out of all of them. Platinum so. did have a relatively comparable time. It was 34 hours for the main story. So we go back. The other was 37. It gives you that extra four. Well, extra yeah. three. Um, and that's all with the extra region. 
the yeah. other region it gives you, it doesn't it doesn't give you a whole ton to do. It's not like it's a story filled compact. Yeah, it's just gym leaders. Yeah, gym you leaders. just have the gym. Go there and, yeah, it's just gems. You you basically replay the the Gen One game without playing as the character. Yeah, That's yeah, about it. which is completely fine too because they add they add a little bit of extra stuff with a, a small story with Suicune, which is really nice. Um, but it, it's nothing like big, and it doesn't have yeah. to be because it's a Pokemon game and it knows that. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it doesn't feel lazy like a lot of what Pokemon has been doing lately, where it's just, hey, we're Pokemon, you're going to buy me no matter what. Yeah, it, ever since Gen 5. <laughs> it's got a lot of heart. It, I'm not I'm not arguing with you right now on Gen 5. That was a good pun. We got a lot of heart. heart <laughs> it did have a lot, a lot of It's got a lot of heart and soul. <laughs> Is that a feature that you didn't talk about that I thought, would, uh, I thought you were going to bring up? I don't know if you owned one of these, but the, the little Pokey. Yeah, the Pokewalker. Yeah, I'd never had it. I had by mine pre-owned because... Uh, that was like the seeds of what is Pokemon Go. You know, yeah. so that, like, Pokemon Go is such a world-renowned game. People who yep. have never been Pokemon fans still play the game, to you know, to death. Yeah. And that's that's where it derived from. Legitimately, that's yep. where it derived from. And that's uh, that's insane to think about. Like, then this is why me and, me and Larry were saying that it is the best uh, generation of Pokemon. I mean, literally, it, it, everything after that tried to it's like when you it's like when you take a drug for the first time and you get to that high yeah and that that's where pokemon was with gen 4 and then yeah. they've never been able to reach that high since then. yeah with gen yeah. 5 what they tried to do is just like okay we know we're not going to be able to do that right now again immediately yeah. so let's see if we can do like a soft reboot and in my opinion it works the pokemon designs weren't the best but in my opinion the oh, game was good the story's good. Yeah, the story is, in my opinion, like the best Pokemon story. However, at the same time, I recognize that it left a lot to be desired. Black and White 2, uh, they were really good. Yeah, However, it, it just never reached the same as Soul Silver, in my yeah. personal opinion, in terms of like just content and like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a mix of nostalgia, too. So you got to keep that in mind. Nostalgia does have a, a power when it comes to these games. Um, so it's just, it's really hard of putting it. <laughs> no, I definitely understand that. I feel that. I feel that. That's Do enough on Pokemon, on? though. Uh, we, we went on a lot on that, and I don't want to make this a Pokemon podcast. Not today. Hey, fine. Not today. Fine. Not today. <laughs> you, know, you know a good idea? You know a good idea is actually going generation by generation and just doing a full Pokemon podcast. I would rather just have an argument about which generation is the worst and the best, Ooh. or best or worst, like a small little tier list with it. I like and I that can, idea. I can go crazy on that. I mean, obviously, obviously, I would uh, secede in saying Soul Silver and Heart Gold is the best game. Yeah, yeah, that's just immediately going in S plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah by, by far. I mean, there's no if ands or buts. But uh, I don't know. There's a couple other good ones. You yeah. know. That, anyways, anyways, you tell me about a game of yours. Oh uh, man, so I I just kind of like. Three, three together. Yeah, you know? yeah, you did. I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> I did not. I did not do that, chat. <laughs> but uh, really, um, the three. Well, I'm not gonna take the three. I'll just take one right now. Yeah, just but, say uh, one. I think a game that's really resonated with me since high school all the way up till now has been Halo Wars. I really love the Halo Wars series. It's only two games. Halo uh, Wars, Halo not just one. standard Halo, right? Yeah, correct. Correct. I mean, standard Halo is amazing, but I'm an RTS guy. I played a lot of StarCraft. I mean, y'all seen that in the first podcast where I talked about StarCraft a bunch. And uh, so I wanted an RTS while I had an Xbox because I didn't have a PC at the time. 
and uh, I was like, okay, well, you know, what can I, what can I play? You know, and uh, Halo Wars just came out during that time. It was really hyped up. I ended up buying it um, with my own money, by the way. I had a job at that time. What? Ooh, look at that. But, uh, <laughs> it was but, uh, a 360 hat. <laughs> went through some stuff. Yeah, yeah, it did. I dropped it like five times. That but... man went through three other 360s in like a span of a week. Hey, hey, hey. That's neither here nor there, okay? All right. <laughs> That's not the point. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, anyways, um, Halo Wars, man. So, it's an RTS built in the Halo universe, all right? It uh, was a prequel to Halo Reach, so it was before Halo Reach and oh, before Halo Oh, it was. Halo I didn't know that. Yeah. So, it was right before Reach got attacked, and it, was, uh, it started out right after the planet Harvest, which is the other big planet besides Reach that got just glassed by the Covenant. One moment. Did Reach already come out by this point, or...? Uh, I think they came out the same year at the same time. I legit think they both, they didn't coincide, like, co-release, but okay. they came out around the same period of time. Okay, so, so people, people would people recognize... People knew about Reach, yeah. People okay. knew everything about Reach and everything as well as that. Okay. But, um, so it takes place, you know, you're basically this, this ship, I think, what is it called? The Spirit of Fire, and you're essentially just doing just missions to try and capitalize on what the covenant just did to harvest like you just got away from harvest the battle of harvest has ended and now you're going to this planet called arcadia and you'll go to a couple other locations i'm not going to get into you know smooth details about it but um you get into all these different locations and you're trying to fight the covenant off and just the way that you do it with the bait you got to build your base you got to build your army up kind of like how i explained the same thing with uh, starcraft very standard straightforward thing that I loved about it, though, is you didn't need a keyboard and mouse. You know, at the time, uh, 360s, they couldn't take keyboard and mouse at all. I mean, you could mod one, but there's no point. Um, so it got, you got to use a controller for the first time in an RTS besides maybe Command and & Conquer, and it was flawless. I mean, it was like the system, the button layout, it was absolutely flawless. I mean, there was really, like, nothing that they could have done better with designing how the controls were for the game. Uh, as far as the unit units go, and... The unit pools were pretty diverse on both sides, either the humans, the UNSC, or the Covenant, which is the aliens. So those and, are the two uh, different armies you could choose from? Yeah, well, you had two different armies, so two different factions, right? And then you had three different sub-factions in it, so like leaders. You had a general, right? Okay. So like, uh, there was like Captain Cutter. These are all important characters in the Halo universe. So if you don't know Halo lore, you're not going to understand this. But you had Captain <laughs> Cutter, you had Professor Anders, you had Sergeant Forge, you had... The Prophet of Regret, you had the Arbiter, and then you had a Brute Chieftain, which he was a general character. Okay. But um, this is the first time that the humans encounter Flood in this game. The very first time that the humans encountered the Flood. Wow. Uh, it's also, and by the way, the, the Spirit of Fire never got that message to uh, Halo. That's why in Halo 1 they were like, what is this? You know? Wow, okay, that's <laughs> uh, really unique. I like yeah, how they, they never, were able to yeah. tie that in. The lore is... is insane the way the games explain it and even the books and all that crap too but the the games do a fantastic job in explaining really everything mm -hmm. um but uh i think what i loved about it was the aesthetic that it had for being a game i think that came out in early 2010s like i want to say it was 2011 or so don't hold me to that um but i think it came out around there because i remember playing it in high school yeah. and it was new and people populated the crap out of the multiplayer lobbies, and uh, it, so it was popping off back then. But um, about Halo Two, when did that that came out relatively recently, right? Well, Halo, Halo Wars Two. Halo Wars Two. They no, that came out about four four years ago. Oh wow, yeah, man. Yeah, it's been it's been a hot minute. It's Time. been a hot minute. 
<laughs> yeah. It's been a hot minute. I mean, it looks that that game looks amazing too. I, I'm like, we're going to bring that up in a second. But yeah. Um, the Halo Wars series did just like the aesthetic of it. You get to finally play a grand battle simulator on in the Halo universe, which you didn't really get in the single player games. And you know, it's not FPS; it's top down. Obviously, it's an RTS, right? But uh. I don't know, the units that you get, my favorite unit was the Jackals, man. They had little shields, and they were anti-infantry units, so they would just, like, snipe little dudes everywhere, and they would do a pretty good job. They had massive amount of range. You could cheese it really well. Oh, man. Um, in multiplayer, I used to, like, Jackal rush people, and people would rage quit. And, <laughs> wrong, I'd get pooped on if they, you know, counter it, you know, with their own Jackals or something absurd, right? But, uh, no, the game's just, game's just pretty sick, man. I enjoyed it completely. Um, the campaign... As I was saying, it really ties in. It answers all your prequel questions that you have possible. Yeah. Um, at the end of it, you got to get lost in space. Or not lost, Ooh. but like they have no idea where they're at. So they're just yeah. like, all right, go into hyperspace and hope we come out on the other side of something. And they ended up getting lost for, I think, like 22 or 26. I don't remember. One of those two numbers, 22 or 26 years. Man. And... Um, they come out on the other side, and the beginning of Halo Wars 2 arc is it's built after the war. So it's after wow. uh, Halo 4 and, and in the middle, almost after Halo 5. Wow, okay. You know, that, yeah, that's how long it was. So the that's gap. crazy. Did they, like, age at all in that time range, or were they, like, in well, some state? No, they were, they were in cryopods, Got and it. they had an AI. So they had an AI. Her name was... Uh, Cortana 2... <laughs> <laughs> no, her name was Serena, and she, you That's know, AIs, mean. they have to be de- deactivated after eight years or whatever. So she deactivated herself after the eighth year, and then the ship just started drifting. Um, so they got to this place called the Ark, which the Ark is in Halo 3. You learn about that in Halo 3, and the Ark's importance. It, it's basically the thing that built all the Halos. Wow. You know, it was the factory that built all the Halos and then shot them in hyperspace where they needed to go. Um, so the war's over between the Covenant and uh, the UNSC. Uh, the, co- or the Covenant's no more. Like, the Brutes are their own thing now, and the Elites are their own thing, and they're kind of, everybody's just chill. I mean, they're still fighting and all that, but they're just chill, right? And um, so the, you get to this arc, and they discover that everybody on it that was humans, dead as heck, just gone. And uh, they get on there, and there's this new covenant force called the Banished, and you got this guy named Atriox, which is like this massive brute that def- uh, defected against the covenant right before the end of the war. Yeah, and was like, you know what? We're just gonna just create our own thing over here. Just be, just goaded, like just be more <laughs> ruthless than the covenant. They're basically like the freaking Nazis of the covenant, dude. They were just insane. They were just insane with the amount of power that they had. And uh, essentially, you're going through the whole story trying to combat him, trying to figure out, you know how to get back to the UNSC because you got limited supplies. You're trying to figure out what the Ark is because they've never seen the Ark because they've been drifting in space the whole war. So yeah, they don't even know what happened. To everything. Yeah, they're trying to just figure out everything, right? And, uh, you know, they got three Spartans that are there, which at the time, those are Gen 2 Spartans, so the same type of Spartan as Master Chief. Wow. So those are like the last dudes besides Master Chief that's still, you know, kicking. To be honest, I thought Master Chief was the only one left. No, no, no. He, he was a he was a Spartan too, and the other ones were Spartan. Those three: Jerome, Alice, and uh, 
Oh, dude, what's the last guy's name? Douglas. They're all Spartan twos as well. Okay. And uh, so they, you know, they're doing their thing. Um, they fight Atriox off, and then at the end, the end is crazy. And this is the end of Halo Wars Two is the end of the Halo storyline at this moment in time, which Spoiler is crazy. They put it in. They put the last lore of of Halo in an RTS game, not a mainline game, which I yeah. thought was insane in my opinion. But um, so Professor Anders get they have to make a ring and shoot the ring back to the original ring spot outside of uh, Harvest and Reach, like close to there. That was where Halo 1's ring was. So they shot the, the half-made ring over there so that they can get a signal to the UNSC to come help at the Ark um, because Atriox was trying to use the Ark to basically kill everybody. <laughs> um, so they get there. And then at the end of Halo 5, you see Cortana had rebelled and whatever, and she took over all the AIs and whatever. So uh, Anders, after she gets to that place, all you see is Cortana's AI come up in like a giant construct. Oh. And then and then it just shuts off. And then you just no idea what happens after that. That's crazy. Oh, that's, what yeah. a cliffhanger. Yeah, it, it was massive. And they're hoping in Halo Infinite, um, the game coming up now, they'll, they'll continue the storyline or figure out what's going on or whatever the case is. But... Yeah, it's a. It was super interesting. The campaign, campaign for both games were short, but the amount of content that you get for a console RTS is pretty good. Yeah, were you able um, to make it, your own maps like in StarCraft? You could not make your own maps. That makes sense. Uh, you cannot make your own maps. However, both PC versions of the game, Halo Wars One and Two, can be modded. Ooh. So that's huge. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah, having a being able to have a mod community is pretty huge. Um, the Halo Wars 2 has like 16 plus leaders versus the six that you get in Halo That's Wars 1. That's a lot. It's a lot. And they all come with their own like kind of like skill tree type things, even though they're like cooldowns really. Yeah. But uh, you get your whole – they're just vastly diverse is what I'm trying to get at. They really expanded um, that. Yeah, they did. They did. They brought up characters from like the books like uh, mm. Yap Yap Destroyer, which is like some grunt that's like – never afraid of anything. He's just like the monster grunt. He's just an animal, dude. You know, he's this crazy dude that just likes to blow stuff up. Dude, anybody who Um, liked Halo lore must have loved that. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, A lot of people give Halo Wars a bad rap because of the lack of game modes that they have. Mm. Because it's really only, uh, you get Blitz, which is kind of like Tug of War. You get Skirmish, which is build your base and fight each other competitively. And then you get uh, this base defense. Okay. That thing that you can do with one other or two other friends mm-hmm. or three. No, it's up to four. It's up to four now. Okay. So you can do that up to four friends, and I mean that's cool and all, but you know the, a lot of the community wanted some more weird game modes, I guess, or I don't know, kind of like kind of like Halo Three, where they were like keep adding game modes like Infection, King of the Hill, Juggernaut. You know, like you you can go on and on on Halo Three with how many game modes it had. So I guess like that from the Halo community, they kind of expect that. Yeah, they expect a lot of game modes. Whether they be good or bad, they just expect a lot of game they modes. They just want to mess around on it. For sure. That makes um, sense. The aesthetic, bro, if you ever get a chance just to go sit there and watch a Halo Wars 2 competitive match, just a competitive match, they, they, you don't even care about if or its competitiveness. Yeah. You care about the execution of the game, and if you love RTS, you'll love this. Um, and you'll also just love the aesthetics, man. The, the particle effects in the game are like none that I've ever seen in an RTS. Yeah. And it has no lag issues whatsoever, really, um, when it comes to displaying those particle effects, mm-hmm. you know. 
Uh, it's insane. You know, it just looks absolutely stunning. Each unit model looks stunning. Yeah. You know, um, even Halo Wars One. It's <clears throat> even in twenty twenty one. It's aged well. That's awesome. Comparatively speaking. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. Yeah. I'm I'm hey. sure with uh, RTSs, it's not always easy to keep up the graphical fidelity. Yeah, and RTSs usually don't have like fantastic, you know, aesthetics because of how much crap is going on on yeah. the screen. They at don't all really time. need yeah, it. You have to lower it. it, you know. Like StarCraft Two is like one of the only games that looks as beautiful as it plays. Yeah. You know. How yeah. <laughs> uh, would you compare the Halo Wars series to StarCraft? Because I know uh, you love StarCraft. You can't. You can't really compare the two only because they're two different types of RTSs. You know, they have the same concept when it comes to their competitive play, right? Mm -hmm. You build a base, you build an army, you attack, you win. That's simple. Yeah. But the the thing is, is with with a console RTS, you have a drastically different play. Like the gameplay is completely different. Yeah, you know, okay. That not, makes sense. Like I can't have the like the specific control that I have on units when I have a StarCraft. Like StarCraft, I can have six hundred. You know, not me, but <laughs> professional players can have six hundred actions per minute. That's ten keys a second on your keyboard. Yeah, that's. In Halo Wars, the max APM that the game can handle is like two hundred, which even is what like I you know, I can do. Yeah, even on PC, like <clears throat> it doesn't you know register. But so it's hard to compare. But yeah. if I were to like list ten RTSs off. Halo Wars would be number two or three. Okay. In there, by That's awesome. far. By far. This because it's uh, not only because of the name, yeah. Halo, you know, is attached to it, but and you get to play in that universe as an RTS, but the amount of, like, detail that what they tried to do to make it a console game, to stick yeah. it just on console, and just the dedication that they did to yeah. make a console RTS that was going to be an eSport. They tried to make it an eSport. It didn't catch, obviously, but they did so much to try. You know, and yeah. that's, something that, that's something that needs to be you know, recognized. Yeah, you got to give them respect, especially if the game's good. Because I know a lot oh, yeah. of people want to make an eSport, but the games are pretty lackluster. Oh, yeah. But from what you're saying, it really seems like it was good. Oh, facts, man. Facts. Well, that's, all, that's about it on Halo Wars, though. I can't really say much more about it. I mean, yeah. I, I recommend you go look up. Uh, there's a great YouTube channel uh, called Team Respawn. He's, I, he's like the only one that really posts Halo Wars stuff anymore, but um, that's popular. And he, uh, they do some dumb strategies, but it's always, always fun. Yeah. Always fun. Always fun. That's awesome. And it's gorgeous to look at. Yeah. My, uh, my next game isn't as gorgeous to look at because it didn't really graphically age all that well so fallout new vegas that game uh, fallout new vegas and fallout 3 are some of my favorite uh rpg games uh fallout 3 i like a little bit less than new vegas i know a lot of people have debates over that um but for me it's new vegas it's very dry and just yellow it's very unpleasant to the eye normally um However, the gameplay there just really uh, really captures what I like about RPGs. I, I love freedom. I love being able to do what I want, however I want, go about it however I want. And with games like Fallout, even Skyrim, Bethesda, or older Bethesda games, you had a lot of that freedom. Um, and even if it was like freedom where it wasn't really freedom, but it felt like it, I mean, that's fine too. Because I could build a character who is all about charisma. I want to talk my way through everything. 
Of course, I'll still have to shoot a whole bunch of different uh, raiders and everything. That's not going to stop. But it impacts the side quests a lot. And the side quests in Fallout New Vegas just were always very top tier. But that's just a general look. From the beginning, the game starts off as uh, you're a courier, so you're going about... I shouldn't even stop. start there. If you don't know what the Fallout series is, it's a post-apocalyptic world. Uh, nukes have dropped. Um, the world has been like this for over about 100 or so years by this point. Uh, radiation is abundant. Uh, radiation has changed people. There's a ton of lore, so there's like things like super mutants. They're basically big giant hulks. Um, humanity is trying to struggle to survive. There's outposts. There's uh, little towns. There's some larger ones. Um, and then there's just a ton of raiders because always in apocalyptic movies and games, nobody decides to be a good human being. They always have to be the worst scum on the earth. Uh, after the pandemic of this year, I sort of see that actually being true. <laughs> um, but you're a courier for uh, the city of New Vegas, um, specifically a certain casino in New Vegas. And you're going through and you end up getting shot and basically killed because, I mean, they get you in the brain. Uh, and a doctor patches you up together again. That's where you make your character. Uh, <laughs> I love how, like, he puts a, a mirror in front of your face, and he's like, hey, you were messed up pretty bad. Uh, does this look right? <laughs> and then you can just change your appearance however you want. I like no the idea. Hole, though. What's that? No bullet hole, though. No, no bully hole. There's no scars or anything. That man did a great job. <laughs> but I love imagining that you were a completely different person before he puts you together again. <laughs> he made you however he decided. <laughs> but you go through and your journey is finding out what happened. Uh, try to finish your job. You lost your memory. So there's a whole different... There's a lot of different paths you can end up taking to complete the game. You could choose to just resume your job as the courier. You can go through and do that entire line. You can choose to do that and then at some point in the line choose to betray your employer. You can choose to betray your employer and then get back on your employer's good side. You could completely ignore that, join the uh, military police, and go battle over Hoover Dam. You can go decide to join the evil organization called Caesar's Legion and battle over Hoover Dam that way. You can do, uh, like, double agent. You can be a secret agent. It, you said you, you look like you got something to say. Oh, I was just going to say, or you could just not do anything but slaughter things if you want. You can quite literally yeah. in this game do whatever you want. Yeah. It yeah. does not matter. You literally got get out of your first little town. You, d you don't even have to do this, but the first town has a little side quest, a big side quest where you can choose to help save the town from raiders or help the raiders destroy the town. And then from there, you can do literally whatever you want. Or you can ignore that side quest and just leave the town at any point and pick up different parts of the quests, main quest or side quest, however you feel fe feel to the need. There's, man, with the side content too, all the side quests you do often feel as big as the main storyline itself. There's this uh, one side quest with a, a prison. Uh, you could either, A, just stumble upon the prison and just go through and kill everybody however you want, 
because I mean there are a whole bunch of uh, like raiders who've taken over this prison. Or you can go through the front door and talk to the talk to the the inmates and work with them. Or you can not even find the prison, go to a random town and be given a quest like, hey, there's a prison over here. Raiders took over. You want to do something about that? It, there's so many different approaches. You can use persuasion to go about it. You can use uh, intimidation. You can be a stupid, bumbling idiot, and your dialogue will literally change to correspond with that. You could be as smart as a doctor. You can be a brute, like I said. Like Reap said, you can quite literally play the game however you want. Reap, you've played a lot of the Fallout games. You, I'm sure you have something you can add that will help explain how great these are. I mean, obviously it's great because it's a choices matter game. You know, like, so what you do affects how the story plays out, whether or not... I mean, there's literally a way that you can just never do the story and just kind of do your own thing. I mean, granted, that's not a fun playthrough, in my opinion. but, But you quite literally can just be you know, a mass murderer or a, a thief or even a great hero of some sorts. You know, you can also be an anti-hero. Like he was saying, that first side quest mission, you could you could help the raiders or kill the raiders. You can also just kill every person in the town and the raiders at the same time. Steal all their loot, do whatever. You don't get anything for it but their loot. But, hey, hey, you can do that. But <laughs> Yeah, you can do that. Um, uh, in their, I'm pretty sure there's crafting again in yep. Fallout. New Vegas yeah. had crafting. So you, so you do get better crafting than there was in Fallout 3. So didn't have any. Craft. Oh, Fallout 3 had crafting. It didn't have workbenches. They were added into New Vegas. Well, no, so no, no, uh, I'm not talking about workbench. I'm not talking about that type of crafting. I was talking about like... Oh, there's you could, like... You mod- could pick up... Well, no, you could pick up guns and actually like modify them and, yeah. and repair them and stuff in Fallout yeah. 3. And, but it's exponentially expanded in Fallout New Vegas onward. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, it's just a really good game. It's probably one of the best RPGs of all time. I mean, it's the Fallout is arguably one of the best RPG series of all time. But, you know, it's in a class of its own. Uh, there's no other, like, ever since that post-apocalyptic game of Fallout 3 came out, and it started, I mean, 2 and 1 were obviously well-renowned for PC players, but for console players and the general public, it really wasn't. So... When 3 and New Vegas came out, and even Fallout 4, like, every game company after that, there was a whole, I don't know yeah. if you remember this, Larry, but there, every game company after that tried to mimic it, yep. they tried to, I mean, there's a game right now that's very popular that came out, what, not even two years ago, called The Outer Worlds, is literally yep. a Fallout clone. Yeah, yeah, it's like, made by the original the Fallout T, creators. You know, almost to the T. Yeah. So, it's a... Uh, Many game companies and publishers j- try to jump in that post-apocalyptic train, but none yeah. can do it like Fallout. There's just none that can do it the way that they've done it. Yeah. Um, you, did, you didn't touch on the music, which I'm surprised. Yeah, I was going to. I was going to. Okay, because the music is, yo, it made me appreciate yeah. 50s Cold War music. Yeah, you know? so, to go into that, the game has a very specific aesthetic. Um, when the nukes dropped, the world was in a... It's a really hard way of uh, putting it. They had modern technology, but all stylized in like the 50s setting. They ran off of nuclear energy instead. Uh, but 
it was all stylized off of like the 50s and everything like that. So whenever you find like music or whenever you're listening to the radio station, you're hearing 50s music. You got like, I don't want to set the world on fire uh, in Fallout 4, the atom bomb, baby. <laughs> There's so many just catchy, rompy uh, songs and it gives it such a charm, especially considering you're in such a dreary wasteland. It gives you such a contrast when you're walking in like a desert looking at nothing but dirt and sand and flaming geckos running across you. You're also listening to, I don't want to set the world. You know, it's it puts everything into a different perspective. And then whenever you see towns or ruins, it's all set in that very specific aesthetic with the cars, the uh, computer terminals. Just the general uh, clothing, whenever you find clothing from the pre-war, everything is just stylized so well. And it contrasts the dreariness in a way that adds spice. Instead of it like being a glaring, like, uh, is it, instead of it feeling like it's out of place, it feels like it melds and enhances. Sort of like how sweet foods taste well with spicy foods somehow. It, it, it just blends together and makes an explosive fun uh area to explore yeah it's it's pretty funny when it's in the background as you're like in an intense battle with something <laughs> and it's just you hear in the back i got a six hard on my hip you know like it's a, it's a little hype little <laughs> big, iron, big iron big <laughs> yeah, iron yeah, it's, it's some stupid it's, uh, it's just so it's funny it makes you laugh it like light hearts a very dark setting yeah, and uh, yeah. it's pretty insane. Just lights, hearts, and extremely dark setting. I, I mean, I personally, I enjoyed the music tremendously. Like how he was saying, mm-hmm. um, there was a time where I literally stopped listening to all music and started yeah. listening to that game. Yeah, music. me that too. Is, <laughs> it's so, so good. It, it is. It is so good. And there's a lot of lore to find in that kind of game. I know you were mentioning with Halo. There's a ton of lore. With Fallout, the there's a ton of computer terminals. There's a ton of voice clips. There's a ton of just story-based elements that all bring in how the world even got to this moment. Um, there's a lot to discuss, so I'm not going to go into detail on everything. But you you learn so much about how shady the world was before the war, how the world started trying to cope during like the recovery period of the nuclear apocalypse. You see how people try existing now. You read voice clips. Uh, you listen to voice clips and read memos about a, a mother who lost their son. You know, it is so dreary, sometimes uh, depressing, but also hopeful. And some of it just plain funny. And it all is so interesting to experience. It doesn't look good anymore. It didn't age well with the, the graphics. I, there's a lot of memes with uh, the Fallout uh, New Vegas kids, or Fallout 3 and New Vegas kids, where they look like just like the Skyrim Oblivion, the uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion memes, just like that. It's a piece of Play-Doh. Yeah, the faces yeah. are just like... It's a piece of Play-Doh. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how to make <laughs> yeah, it. No, that was perfect. That's literally, <laughs> there's literally a kid in one of the Fallouts that does that. That's all he says. You know, something along stupid. Along <laughs> something that I, I liked about it was uh, about the lore, going back to that was you get to learn about your factions too that you're yeah. you know potentially going to team up with later and what it like they could portray it like the Brotherhood of Steel for instance I don't know about New Vegas I don't remember if New Vegas had it but yeah New Vegas uh, had a small faction of the Brotherhood 
Yeah, so the Brotherhood's like a really well-renowned like group in the games, and you know they're like, okay, we're the good guys type thing. But if you actually like read the lore on the Brotherhood, they're just horrible organization, you know. And uh, it's like insane. You like you get to learn backstories and exposition on things that the game doesn't tell you that um, that can help you make decisions moving yeah. forward. Like, oh, I would have never joined this group if I'd known that this, and now I'm gonna go just slay all these dudes instead, or yeah. whatever the case is, you know. And obviously, something, obviously something, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> and something New Vegas did very well, in my opinion, better than Fallout 3, because it wasn't in 3, and better than 4, um, was how they incorporated the factions. While there were different groups in Fallout 3, there was no, like, um, faction meter, where this faction now hates you, this faction now likes you. That didn't exist in 3. In Fallout 4, it existed to a limited extent, but New Vegas... Yeah. Literally, you can get on people's good side, and doing that will cause another group of people to hate you. You can yeah. choose to help out the city, and they will love you for it. The more you build up that meter, the better like price deals you get. You know, maybe you get some more side stuff that you know that doesn't really that that's how it all ties together. But if they hate you, you can, they can get to a point where they'll kill you on sight. Because, yeah. <laughs> bro, you've been clapping All me up. Like you've been to Baltimore a few times, you know. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. Like, if you, uh, there's a group called Caesar's Legion. The more people you kill of Caesar's Legion, the more that group will dislike you. So it'll get to a point where instead of even giving you an opportunity to talk to them, they're just going to clap you up. Because why would we give you a chance <laughs> after all that you did to us? I love how it all incorporated that. It feels like a a game that really just responds to you and what you do. It's so great in that uh, that sense. That's all I had on New Vegas. Was there anything you wanted to bring up on it before we go to yours? I mean, I love the mods. I don't know if you played any of the mods. Oh, no. I, I, that, that's I a huge thing. Like, so, oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. But, <laughs> oh. I'll spend two hours <laughs> trying to download it, play it for ten minutes, and drop it. Yeah, that's how it usually goes for some some games. Uh, I I think uh, I mean the mods for Fallout, the Fallout series in general, I think kind of sparked many many games to like incorporate mods with them. Like they were, it was Fallout was a very revolutionary series for mods, if that yeah. makes sense. So like before Fallout Three came out, I mean there wasn't there was games with mods. Like you had like Kotor with mods. Oh yeah, Kotor was like, fun too. But, like, outside of that, you didn't really have any games that just really delved into a lot with the mods, mm -hmm. right? And so when Fallout 3 came out, this website called Nexus... Nexus Mods, Nexus, I think. Nexus Mods came out. And uh, it, it was obviously there beforehand, but it blew up after Fallout 3 forward came out. And uh, the mods that you can find, man, there's still people making mods for a almost 15-year-old game right now. Yeah. Brand new mods. There's, Brand new uh... mods. I, yeah. I messed around a little bit with New Vegas with mods. Like I said, two hours just to play ten minutes. I got one where it was a, a Pokemon mod. Literally gives you oh, Pokeballs. Yeah. You throw them out, and like mine was Suicune, right? It literally some dude pops out of the ball, and he's just like throwing frost stuff at the guy, at your enemies. It's just some dude dressed in like blue pants. Yeah, <laughs> name Suicune. <laughs> they, they do a lot. Like I remember when I played mod in New Vegas. I played as a uh, 
a stormtrooper, and I think like I had this massive minigun that was just OP. That's and I just, I just, yeah, I just wanted to be like a, a absolute just slay everybody on the map type campaign. Is that why you uh, kept bringing up killing everybody? I mean, I was just, just saying that memory is sticking in mind. I was, I was just saying that you can do that. I'm not recommending it. <laughs> Don't do it. No. It's pretty fun. Like everybody on site, the, the story would not even happen. It would literally just on site. Like everybody on site, bro. <laughs> it was yeah. insane. But um, I don't know. I mean, it was it was fun. The I just like the I wanted to bring up the mod thing because that it really revolutionized mods for future games in most series. I mean, yeah. Shoot, when you get to when you can have somebody popularize Macho Man Randy Savage as a death claw. That's pretty good. Dude, they did that for uh, the Skyrim. Pretty good. They did it in Skyrim, too. I feel like that whole Bethesda series just really just shot yeah. mods through the roof. You know? Yeah. I'm hoping amazing. they can get more on track with how they used to be. Because Fallout 4 was fun, but it didn't feel the same, in my opinion. I mean, well, that... it wasn't supposed to be the same. I thought it was a good progression. I thought I, it was I a understand. good progression. It took a step. It was kind of like... Uh, it's kind of like, I'm gonna compare it to a movie. It's kind of like how the new Star Wars trilogy. No, I'm not saying it's good. I'm definitely not saying that's good. It's horrible. Okay, it's it's garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with episode uh, the first one that came out in that trilogy, they took it. Yeah. They took a step in a different direction. They kind of kept some of the stuff from the previous trilogy start, and then they tried to like, okay, we're gonna try and go in this direction. You mm-hmm. know, um, now whether or not it was good or not, hey, that's your opinion or whatever. <laughs> Hey, yeah, hey, but, yeah. Uh, I, I get I get that. And there was a lot of yeah. things that I did enjoy, like uh like looting in general was better in Fallout 4. But yeah. uh what I it feels like it took a step more towards just action adventure than RPG adventure. Cuz uh, a lot of your that. dialogue choices got dumbed down. It didn't show you what you were talking about. You could mod it to make it show you that, but that's different. Um, you couldn't be that evil guy who just goes up and kills everybody as easily. Yeah, uh, no matter what it's your quest is, you can't kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get the importance of doing that, but at the same time, that's not what Fallout was. You know, was yeah. No, I get um, you. So, I get that. in my opinion, you lose. You, I lost a lot of the freedom, and that's something that I can't stress how much I loved about New Vegas. Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that completely. Uh, well, since we're on the topic of RPGs, I'm going to probably bring up the greatest game of all time. Now, this is subject to y'all's opinion. I don't really care about y'all's. This is mine. <laughs> my, my podcast. I'm going to say what I want. But, uh, uh, the greatest game of all time and the greatest RPG of all time that I personally have ever played uh, is a game called Outward. Now, I probably should have saved this for the last one, but you know, I just was itching at the bit hey, to talk okay. about this. Outward is a I don't want to say it's a souls type RPG because it's not the it's completely different from souls but it's a it's a very difficult survival RPG that's fully fleshed out by a company called Deep Silver uh, which has made games like Dying Light, Dead Island and a couple oh, other things. Dying Light people made Outward? Oh, uh, I mean same company, not oh. same people, same company. Wow, I didn't yeah. know that. That's yeah, Deep, Deep Silver has made a lot of games. Like believe yeah. it or not, Deep Silver has, has got had their hand in plenty, plenty of games huh. that are very popularized um, around. But anyway, Outward. So this can be played up to uh, two players. So uh, you can either do it split screen, or you can do it online co-op. Um, you start out as a nothing nobody. You are actually in debt. You're actually responsible for, I believe. 
10 or so people's deaths immediately upon starting the freaking game. Yeah, yeah. You get, you get in the game, and people are outside. Like, you wash <laughs> up on shore, you get back to your house, and people in-game are outside of your house pissed off at you yeah. saying, bro, we're about to murder you right now. And then you, <laughs> you're lucky you just have, like, one person that happens to be an important person in the town stick up for you. Like, we're not senselessly murdering this man. Um, but then you just kind of do your own thing. Like, it does not matter. Like, and when I say it's do your own thing, it's more than just how New Vegas did it, just do your own thing. Granted, you can't kill every single person or every single thing. You can only kill what's in the overworlds and stuff. Yeah. But uh, the fact that you can do none of the story and, and complete the game is insane. It's insane. You can complete the entire game and do none of the story, and that's insane. Have you just done a playthrough do. like that? Uh, I mean, kind of. When I first played through it, I'd had no, I had because it doesn't give you a sense of direction. You have yeah. no sense of direction. Your map is a map. It's a map, like a physical map. And you don't get to see where you're at on the map. You don't get to see uh, how close things are on the map. You can't fast travel. You can't do none of that. It's just you get a map. You've got to figure out where you're at or, or orientate yourself and uh, move on from there. Yeah. Um, things I love about Outward was... The story, even though it was a low-budget game, uh, it was a very low-budget game. One second. Whoop. Whoop, whoop. All right. I don't know if that helped. But uh, had an audio issue. That's my bad. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Looks like you are inexperienced. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so, Outward, I mean, the thing I love about it is the fully-fledged campaign even though I was on a low budget, you didn't get good voice acting at all. There's barely any voice acting. The yeah, lore behind everything was fantastic, though. Uh, the, char- the characters were kind of fleshed out, kind of not, but the real meat and potatoes of the actual game was the gameplay itself, the combat, the areas, the aesthetic, the gear, the loot, the bosses, which is the main thing. Um, and basically, you know, I... Uh, and the small amount of survival. The survival aspect was literally you just got to eat and drink and sleep every once in a while so you don't die. That's it. <laughs> Quite simple. And if you were in the cold and heat and weather affected you tremendously in different ways, there's plenty of status effects. You could take uh, any approach you wanted. So for guys like us who don't use magic, like you could do a non-magic, um, you could do a no-magic playthrough, the entire thing. You do an entire no-magic playthrough, which is pretty insane to think about. Um, and you just go, which they tried to make magic a big part of the story in one mission, but then you could just be like, nah, I'm good, and then just dip and go do, yeah. do the rest of the story, which is pretty funny. I appreciate um, whenever they don't force a specific yeah, thing. When they don't force, yeah, they just gave you the freedom to do whatever you needed to do or whatever you wanted to do. Um, the gear was, uh, man. I wouldn't say it's the best type of gear of all time, but boy, let me tell you, it's pretty close. The gear that you can just get in the game um, is bar none. You know, there's sets that give you set bonuses, stuff like that. It's just like any other RPG or action RPG, whatever you want to call it. Um, The game's battles, though, are all about preparation. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean even the most basic enemy late game can give you the hands any day of the week. Ooh, there you, you go. You can get clapped by a hyena 
any day of the week. Yeah. Just as much as you can get clapped by a boss any day of the week. It does not matter. It's Detroit out there, bro. Anybody will give you the work and they want anytime, to. any day, no matter what. <laughs> you have to prepare for every fight. It's insane. So you do get an inventory system. You do get all that crap. Um, and by prepare for a fight, I mean, like, you have to make sure that when you're going into an area and you know, you got to, first of all, you got to know what's in the area. So what does that mean? You got to go die. That's what that means. You got to go die. got to go figure out what's in that area. <laughs> you got to lose a bunch of crap, lose a bunch of health and all that. Um, and you got to figure out what's good. You don't get the level up. You don't get to, um, um, yeah, you don't level up. You don't like have a skill tree per se. Oh, yeah. You can pick up skills throughout the game, like from vendors and stuff. And Outside of that. A limited amount, right? Yeah, you can only get three what's called breakthrough points, which are only three skill trees you can go into. At, that's it. That is it. So you better choose wisely because if you mess up and you just build your character wrong and you ain't building it the right way, your character's going to be dog water. You can ask Larry here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, um, like I said, every enemy just can give you the hands at any time. Uh, it, it's cool. I played a tank character. My my thing is always building the tank, and even I I thought I built the best tank that I possibly could, and even with all that protection and damage resistance that I had, I could get I got collapsed almost every session that I did. As a matter of fact, I streamed the entire game on this channel. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, the vods aren't there anymore. I wish I would have actually recorded them. Um. But I streamed the entire thing uh on this channel it was it was fantastic it was such a great series it took i want to say it took over 40 plus hours just to beat the main storyline and to 100 percent the game took like 70 plus but we didn't truly 100 percent. we just fought all the bosses yeah and and our characters were broken we we broke the game you know type thing and you know we didn't go in there like we're all you and you know, uh, connor played that there. one right that, that yeah, playthrough. yeah 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 me and condor did um the biggest thing, the biggest draw to the game, besides the aesthetic, you know, it's a low-budget game, but the way they did it with the aesthetic and the engine, fantastic. They just did a fantastic job with doing the aesthetic of the entire game. Um, something that I, I think is the biggest draw to the game is the boss fights. The boss fights, for one, that preparation that I talked about earlier, you have to put exponentially uh, first when you're going at these bosses. And you also... Um, these bosses have, you can look up all their stats and stuff and it doesn't matter how much, you know, damage resistance you have against what he has. If you just ain't good at the game, you just get clapped. Yeah, that's something I appreciate about the combat too. You literally earn your wins. Yeah, you, you have to earn your wins and there's, and there's no difficulty setting by the way. It's just hard bottom. It's just hard. You just get in there and it's just difficult. Um, there's a hardcore mode and if you die, you have a chance that your character gets deleted, not dies permanently. The whole save file gets deleted. No. That's a program in the game. That's so awesome. you could be super late in the game. You could die, and then it'll put you back in the main menu, and your save file gone, gone. Even you yeah. go in your computer files, gone. gone. You need to do that on stream. No, I'm not doing that. You got to. You got to. I'm not doing. Not, not, not good enough. Not good enough. <laughs> I will get clapped. Oh, get yeah. yourself all the but, armor in advance, and then go through and start from the beginning. Oh no! Ew, no, uh, I might. <laughs> <laughs> now that you I miss that game, it. I miss that game tremendously. Full fledged campaign, two full fledged DLCs, but one of the deals, actually both of the DLCs, are almost the same size as the campaign. 
Um, you get to set, you gotta set this place. I think it's called R. I can't pronounce it. It's A U R I A L. Ariel or something. Probably Ariel. Uh, I think is how you pronounce it. But that's the region that you're in, and you you got three different factions. You got the King with Levant. Um, you got uh, you got uh, these high priestess dudes. I can't remember their names off the top, um, but they're kind of like following this weird god thing. And then you got the the blue. Oh man, what was it? I haven't played it in a while. Man, you're looking rough out here for not preparing. Uh, I don't ever prepare. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you get something, you get three factions, you know, and you can pick them all. They all have the pros and cons and whatever the case is. And choices do matter in the game. Um, and every quest is timed. If, the, if you don't complete the quest in the allotted time, you fail the quest and you fail that part of the mission. Yeah. What it does when you fail that mission, you don't get to go back and retry it. You don't get to go back and, and have another shot. What it does is alters the story quite literally. Uh, it alters your rewards, it alters the story, and it alters the future decisions that you get to to make. If you mess up early on in the game and don't get to do something, your whole hometown can burn down. Stuff like that. Um, there's also uh, one where if you don't do the time mission, you just can't finish the campaign. Get wrecked. <laughs> like There's one where if you don't do it, and it's a really lengthy mission, if you don't do it, you uh, lose a player house, which is insane. Uh, which that means that every time that you have to go to that region, you don't have a home. <laughs> you, and by the way, the travel times is all on foot. It's running simulator. The game setting, yeah. the Old Testament. That's yeah. And, and keep that's, in mind, like like Reap said, oh, this map that you're trying to follow, it, it's literally just a map, not with any yeah. like cursor indicating where you're at. You have to d decide. Okay, I I'm here. I think, and I got to go here. So now I got to try to follow my way this way and hope that I'm following it right. <laughs> yep, that's, you have that's to understand true, the area and the location and understand that it's going to take a while. It's going to take a long time. And uh, you, the overworld enemies will clap your cheeks any day of the week, bro. If you're not prepared, <laughs> you can get O-code. Like, it, it don't matter. It does not matter. <laughs> Anybody can give you the hands. That's what I love about the game is the game is difficult. It, it made me realize, like, I never want to play a game on not the hardest difficulty ever again. Yeah. Bottom one. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, because I'm just like, uh, I had the most fun dying thousands of times and coming back and like, okay, you know, let's prepare for this the, this way. Let's try it again this way. It actually made me use my brain and actually make gaming fun again. Ooh, and I, I was in a game in slump. brain because of that? Well, I, I was saying that I was in a game in slump before Outward. You know, me and Connor gave Outward a shot. We were just like, hey, man, this looks sick. And then we started playing it, and we were just like, this game is horrible. And then we were bad at it, right? And so I started playing it single-player-wise, and he started playing it single-player-wise. We started catching it, and we were like, oh, John, this game, this game's fire, okay? This game's gas. We're just bad. <laughs> we're, just, we're just horrible. Um, so I think, like, I was in a game, like I said, game in slump, man. I was literally only playing like Warhammer and and StarCraft, and I was looking for something to like single player wise to delve into that I could just jump in with a friend and and uh, at any time. And you could do that because there's no leveling, you know, so you could just jump in any time, um, which is amazing, by the way. Um, and I, I mean, personally, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed it tremendously. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it too. I never ended up playing the DLC, but that difficulty is something I really appreciate. 
Yeah, I wouldn't say it's like Cuphead difficulty or even no. Souls. I think it's more difficult than Souls because you have to prepare for every fight. I like think... that means like you have to grind for like especially with bosses, right? Yeah. With Dark Souls, it's all about how you play. With Outward, it's all about how you prepare. Yeah, yeah, because to get and that, that takes a lot more skill. Yeah, that takes a lot more skill than just rolling around a bunch, backstabbing, rolling around a bunch, backstabbing. I can do that in Outward, but I can still get clapped nine times out of ten if I'm using a weapon that homie has 100% resistance to, you know? Like, it's all about the prep. Yeah. It's all about the prep. You yeah. know, you got to be able to versatile your build, unlike Dark Souls, you know, where you just, all right, I'm making this build, I'm going to min-max this character, and then I'm going to go in and clap this boss because I'm just that good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. and it's not it's not like that. You know, you have to use the game's mechanics and uh, essentially exploit them in order just to barely win. You know, there's one there's one boss where you're in a square and it's not a large square and you have five dudes plus the boss. You have to fight the fight. You kill the five dudes just to make the boss vulnerable to hit. And then the boss resurrects the five dudes to make him invulnerable. And you have to do that a series of times before you kill the boss. By the way, when you heal in this game, it's kind of like Souls where you have to stand there and drink. So you're going to get bopped as you're doing this. You know, you're going to die, you know, nine times out of ten. And uh, it takes a long, long time to yeah. go in there and be like, all right, we got this type thing. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. Um, I just, like I said, I think the game is, is pretty amazing. Uh, I think it's the best game that I've ever played, especially the DLC is fully fledged out. They're still going to come out. Uh, they have a huge announcement that they're trying to trying to get out this year and next year according to their Twitter. Nice. Um, so I'm hoping I'm hoping it's outward too. I'm hoping yeah. it's something. I hope it's not another DLC. I hope it's just hey, this is what we're moving forward with type yeah. thing. I feel like that would be amazing. Um, I can't say anything. The only thing bad that I can say about the game is is the people who cut the funding. Like, what are they doing? What are they doing? Yeah, you know, come on. There's, um, this is there's something here that could be yeah. special, especially with more money in it. So sold over well, one point five million copies. One point five million copies in less than a year and a half. That's pretty good for a, a non Nintendo game. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good for an indie game. Yeah, yeah. For an indie game, I mean, Deep Silver is a big company. Don't get me wrong, but this is a game that's only available on Steam and yeah. PS4, and it sold over a million PS4. million and a half copies. Million and a half copies. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Freaking ridiculous. Yeah, that shows you that the game is—it's got a lot of freaking substance. So let's go, and and that's what uh, most single player and and split screen co op people want is a game like that. Um, and like I said, gaming was stale for me, but that kind of like gave me, gave me some hope. I'm like, okay, man, mm-hmm. like if there's games like this out there, maybe I need to delve more into like the Steam or Epic Game Library and like see you know what indie companies are out there that are trying. Yeah, and, and show them a little support, so maybe we can get a game like a Fallout New Vegas level yeah. type of RPG. But from people who like, are actually showing their chops. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, games like Outward, I think, are good for gaming. Yeah, yeah, just bottom line, I think they're great for it's great for gaming that games like that exist. You know, because it gives you hope that uh, another game that's better that has that same concept can can come out. Yeah, you know. Okay, that's all I got. That's about yeah. all I got on Outward, man. That that's is awesome. just, you know, the greatest, bottom line. At me at Twitter. <laughs> at me at Twitter and argue. I will. I will. I'll, I'll, I'll fight you right now. I will. My, uh, my third, and this is the last game. Mine's more of a game series that I'm going to bring up, sort of like with your Halo 1 and 2. Um, 
this is going to be the Halo last Wars. game. Halo Wars, by the way. Don't disrespect me. Halo Wars. My apologies. Um, this is called, um, in Japan, it's called the Kiseki series. For us here in America, we usually call it Legend of Heroes uh, or Trails. Um, this series of games is a JRPG. I've played Cold Steel 1 on the channel. I don't think any of 2 has uploaded yet. Um... But I played Cold Steel 1, and Cold Steel 2 will be up on the channel. It's my favorite uh, series of games at the moment. Um, a lot of people in my friend group aren't all down for it because uh, they hear JRPG. <laughs> big, big true right here. I'm not a fan, but I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, other other friends of mine uh, who have yet to be on the uh, the podcast who will end up coming. Uh, we got someone on in the chat right now. We're oh, someone in the chat's dissing on it? Oh, yeah. He said, oh, oh God. Oh, yeah, God. Here we go again, buddy. <laughs> if it's Quay, he can get out. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, it's the Kaseki series. It started uh, a, a while back with a game called Trails in the Sky. Um, three games come out, and this whole... These these games set up the uh, a foundation of this world, uh, where political intrigue is at the forefront. Not in terms of like right wing, left wing, but more of corruption. More of things are happening on a national scale. Um, so you're starting off here. You're a group of uh, uh, bracers, which are basically a guild of people who just want to help, um, and you're just helping out everyday people. And you go through and you un uncover all these plots of a coup taking over the entire country. You end up finding out about this criminal organization called Ouroboros that uh, is just trying to do something nefarious that we have no idea yet what happened. Three full games of that. And then it goes into another set of games uh, called the Crossbell Arc, which is two more full games. Very important to the series, but are locked behind uh, localization problems where they're stuck in Japan and China. However, uh, fan translations have come out since then from uh, an organization called Geofront uh, that makes it uh, playable in English, which are very pivotal to the story. And then there's Trails of Cold Steel, which recently finished. I'm on Cold Steel 3 now. It... it Speaking it out loud like this sounds very confusing, and it doesn't sound fun, so I understand. Sounds like Final Fantasy. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you have a point. You have a point. So the, the games started as uh, sort of like trying to capture Final Fantasy, sort of trying to capture Dragon Quest of giant, sprawling, huge uh, JRPGs. These games are huge. There's over 100 hours of content easy in each single entry of this game. Um, easily 100 hours of content. And the biggest difference between this series and Final Fantasy is that each single game isn't something brand new. It's not a new world. It's not a new timeline. It's not a new this or that. It's a continuation of the one timeline. It's a continuation of what these countries are going through. Trails in the Sky, those that first three games, they take place three years before Cold Steel. And all of that matters because what goes on in Cold Steel doesn't impact the characters of Trails in the Sky. The characters from the Crossbell arc, they their game started 
the very same time as the first two games in the Cold Steel series. Those characters matter, and what happens in those countries matter on a large scale. They created a series of games that tells a grand story on a, a world scale that all inter interwine in a very cohesive way. The biggest problem is that they are so long, so nobody wants, a lot of people here probably don't want to give it a shot. They're also JRPGs, so they do have some anime tropes, which a lot of people would not want to give a shot for. So you tell me you're a weeb. I am a weeb sometimes. That's that's tough. Sometimes. That's tough. You heard it here on Larry and Reed podcast. You heard it. <laughs> if Larry they, if is they're a here, weeb. if they're here, Cold Steel episode like fifteen to thirty or whatever should be out by now. They should already know. <laughs> they should already know. There's some sus stuff in Cold Steel. <laughs> Sounds, sounds like you're sus. That's that's what I'm getting. Hey, like hey, I've never sus. said I wasn't. What? Huh? What? Just continue. <laughs> Just... But anyways, uh, the gameplay it's it's turn based. Um, basically, you get into combat. You have your enemies or whatever, and then you can choose to either just straight up attack. You can choose to use a special attack. They call it crafts, or you can use an ability called arts, uh, which is the best way of explaining it is basically like a magical attack, but it's not really magic. It's more of like the foundation of how they use science in this world. Um, so you have those options. You also can use items. You can move. You can do whatever. Um, and the, the boss battles are really difficult. They get very uh, tense and strong. There's a lot of unwinnable battles. Uh, if you do a second playthrough, they are winnable to an extent. Uh, and then you earn points that give you better rewards, and there's just a ton of stuff to do. There's a lot of content. There has to be a lot of content for that long of a game. And there's something about it that really just pulls me in. That's, that's What's the biggest sales point? What's the biggest selling point if you were to sell it to somebody like Quay who's saying turn-based? <laughs> you know? Turn-based games are fun. They give you strategic, uh, they give you strategic uh, battles. You have to choose, okay, this is how I have to play my actions each way through to try to give you the best possible outcome. Uh, yeah, you know whose turn's coming next. You know that, okay, the boss is probably going to attack now. Um, sure, you know that, and that does take away some of the surprise. However, you don't know exactly what's going to go on. Or if you do know how hard that enemy hits, you know, oh, snap, I'm about to get smacked. I need to prepare. I need to be careful. So you have to line up how you're going to do this battle in order to give you the best outcome. Because you get rewards the best, better you do in some of these uh, larger scale boss fights. So, like, for, for somebody with the combat of, like, Divinity, that's, like, the only uh, game that I've played that's turn-based that I've actually enjoyed. Would well, you say it's a better co style combat than Divinity? Obviously, nothing can beat the aesthetic of that. Yeah, but, yeah. Divinity has a better aesthetic in the the layout for Divinity's uh more complicated, I guess is the better way of saying it. Okay. The, so yours is more like Pokemon style. It's a merge of Pokemon with Divinity cuz Divinity gives you a turn order and it gives you like okay, you know this person's about to move, this person's about to move and you get that strategy, you get to you do your placements and everything. However, it's more simple in the terms of Okay, I have a wheel. This button is attack. This button is this. This button does this. You know what I mean? While divinity is like skill binds, uh, cooldowns, hot bars. It, it, divinity is just more complicated. 
Um, no, I feel you. I feel you. Then I was just curious. I was just trying to, you know, piece it together, trying to compare it a little bit for somebody who doesn't know anything about like JRPGs as much, yeah, right? I know what you're Pokemon's the only JRPG that I've legit yeah. played, I it's, believe. You it's know. very fam- similar to Pokemon and Final Fantasy games in general, um, yeah. in terms of that. The newer games that haven't come out yet, they're about to turn away from doing uh, turn-based combat. They're going to do more freeform. Uh, wow. But the game hasn't come out yet. Um, it's the newer oh. one that they're working on. That's it. That's extremely interesting. Yeah. So how big is the series, like, number of games? Because that does matter. When you're talking about bringing series, right? Uh, yeah. You're talking about longevity of the series. You're talking about replayability. Yeah. You know, tell me about not only how many games there are, but what is there a good amount of replayability yeah. of these games? Yeah, so as of right now, there's nine games. With the localization, it's a little difficult. There's technically well, ten no, games. No, well, I don't care about the English. I, I mean, yeah. just tell me how many total games. There's people play Japanese games all the time. There's currently 10 games out. They're separated into different arcs. So the first three games are arc one. Arc two is the next two. And then there's like four or five in the next arc from there. Um, and there is a lot of replayability because uh, in Trails of Cold Steel specifically, because those are the ones I've replayed, um, there are new dungeons and there are new bosses and there are new... Uh, like quests sometimes for just playing it a second time through not to mention there's a lot of character specific scenes you will definitely miss on your first playthrough because uh you're you're limited to the amount of things you can do in certain uh, sections of the game so on a second playthrough you'd be able to go through and choose a different option to see a different scene to talk to this specific person and go from there so there's a ton of different things you can see each single playthrough. In fact, I don't want to yet because of how much time recently I've put into the series. I will want to replay the games in a few years because I see, want to see more stuff. That, that's what I was looking for. Like That's how you know that you have a good game yeah. series is if you can go back to a game in a couple years and be like, okay, there's something that I didn't see last time I played. Yeah. I like that tremendously, you know. Uh, I used to do that with Pokemon games all the time. Even though you got the same story, you could still go with like the uh, different six Pokemon you never used. You could try to do different challenges and stuff mm-hmm. like that as well. So I definitely understand that. Um, and I'm glad that the game itself actually yeah. implements that rather than just the community. So yeah. that's kind of cool. And There's, the fact that you get ten games, you said, yeah. nine that are or nine or so that are English is yeah. pretty that's pretty astounding of a series to do that for so long exactly you know? i mean like final fantasy has freaking 17 or so yeah i don't know plus but yeah, <laughs> yeah 17 plus games out there and i mean on that series is cool and all but you know quantity isn't over always the best but yeah. it seems especially the way you explain it the quality is better than the quantity yeah so yeah because uh with the the trail series in general there's people who are fans of specific arcs of the games, uh, for example, the first arc, the first three games, there's a ton of people who say those are the best. Then there's a ton of people who say the Crossbell games, those two, they're the best. There's a group of people who have only played the Cold Steel games and don't feel a need to have to go through and play the older ones, so they think those are the best. Uh, And then there's one specific game uh, in the Crossbell arc that is literally a masterpiece. Of, of of games the only problem is the long how long these games are uh 
you can't play some of these games without having experienced other parts of the story because that's just the nature of what they've made here. These are all so intertwined that you you will need some context sometimes to just understand what who these people are. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I yeah. mean, you, you can see that in most uh, long, long story-type games like Halo, right? You, you can't yeah. play... You can't play Halo Reach without playing like Halo One. You know yeah, what I mean? Or, yeah, I, like you, you could, you could, you would have fun for sure, but you would understand. be missing so much context. Don't <laughs> understand anything. You know? <laughs> You'd miss so much context. Yeah, you would have you know, fun, yeah, but it's like, what's going on? Who are these? Yeah. This campaign was trash. <laughs> <laughs> Four out of ten. <laughs> what's the What's the price range? If I were to buy all nine right now, how much would it cost me? All nine. That matters. Yeah, like, that matters. You're not gonna want to buy all nine at once, cause like uh, well, Cold I'm Steel, saying, Cold Steel one enough. through four are approximately sixty dollars on average. They do go on sale often, but they're usually sixty bucks. The wow. first three games, the Sky Arc, are approximately thirty bucks for each individual one. They do go on sale often. I will say that. And then the ones that are in Japan, you can like legally get those games. Oh goodness! This is this a PC only game? No, no. Uh, most of it's on just the PC, but there's often a lot on the PlayStation Four, and they just okay. recently put some on the Switch. Oh well, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. I was just curious. I was just curious. I mean, I'm not gonna play any, but of, of you know, course. to get a game like that, like how went outward, I was saying, like they're small indie games. Like it's probably. I mean, first of all, th- that game series you're talking about is probably massive in Japan. Yeah, it's probably mad. Yeah. I mean, it's that's probably like going on so long, you know. But uh, for people that are here in the U.S. or even in Europe, you know, who don't know about those games, that's why I was yeah. curious. It's starting to get more popularity here, uh, especially yeah. with the Cold Steel series getting yeah, relocalized. Community, you know, doing their thing. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, yeah. So it's getting more popular, but it's definitely not a big series. And like I said before, people uh, like Quay in our friend group they're just dog water and don't want to give those kind of games a chance. They oh, wow. suck. <laughs> wow, you heard it here, the call out. That's the next right. podcast, we better have Quay on here. To <laughs> next podcast. Accusations. Uh, we, we're so. going to square up. <laughs> so we're running out, of, running out of time here, so I'll kind of be quick with this last yeah. one. But this last one, you can. I want you to help tag team with it because you played easy. a lot of the game as well. It's super easy. And I'm talking... About the greatest top-down RPG, dungeon ARPG, crawler. dungeon crawler of all time. Better than Diablo. Yeah. Better than Diablo, get out of here. Better than freaking, I don't even know what's another. Better Minecraft than XCOM because it's not turn-based. Better than Minecraft Dungeons. <laughs> the game is called Torchlight. Torchlight 2 specifically. specifically. talking about Torchlight 2, not Torchlight 3. That game is dog water. <laughs> but <laughs> Torchlight 2, the Gray greatest. Gray Torchlight uh, 3 can um, sit in the corner. Tor- <laughs> by themselves. <laughs> Torchlight 2, though, man, let me tell you, uh, one of the longest top-down games I've ever played in my life. Yeah. Um, the aesthetic, uh, they kind of did, uh, what kind of style would you say it is? Because I, I mean, Sort of like a cartoonish kind of it's, well i wouldn't say cartoon it's like a mixture between realism and cartoon kind of like um kind of like how some animes are nowadays. i wouldn't even say like an anime not animes you remember like cold lyoko remember like that style of art but I, not i don't as, even not know as if i'd bulgy. go that far not as bulgy but either way either way 
game's aesthetic is very beautiful. Um, just like any top-down Diablo-style game, you're going to have a massive, massive emphasis on loot. Yeah. Um, and the loot is quite literally endless. And if you're playing the PC version with mods, it's even more endless. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the aesthetics of everything from weapons all the way to your armor that you get to put on and visually see on your character, the different mismatch, you get to look like a clown for the first 20 levels. But, hey, you're, <laughs> you're protected, let me tell you. But uh, so the difficulty of the game, I mean, we play, I mean, we play an elite every time we yeah, get. Yeah, we've on. been playing on pretty much the hardest difficulty. I I think there's one hardcore. more above us called yeah, like hardcore. Hardcore, and if you die, you die type thing. And we're just not about that because we do die. Yeah, we do. we're not. We I'm not gonna have fun if oh. I have to start over every single time. Yeah, yeah, every five minutes, you know. But uh, you get four in the base game. You get four classes. You get an engineer who specializes in either two-handed weapons or sword and board. And uh, you can build the character in so many different ways, and I'll try to get into detail a little bit later on it. Uh, they can Outlander watch the videos of Torchlight to see the details. You saw what? They can watch our Torchlight videos if they want to see uh, Oh, yeah, you can check Soft out that Torchlight, Torchlight episode one on the Larry <laughs> and Jew YouTube channel. Uh, hopefully, we'll be streaming it here on the Reaper Incarnate as well. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> um, so we got the Outlander. He's basically just a gun guy, just all guns all the time. Uh, or bows, or bows. Um, we have the Ember Mage, who's like boring with just like the Force, and just yeah. <laughs> essentially from everything that I read, he's just born with like powers, like a supernatural power, but he can only use them through weapons, type thing. Um, and then you got what's the last one? Last one's a Berserker. He's just yeah. a, imagine Wolverine on crack. Imagine that. He looks so like that, Wolverine on crack. Literally, quite literally, just Wolverine <laughs> on crack. Um, <laughs> Uh, doesn't have the healing factor like Wolverine. Let me tell you that because you die a lot. But <laughs> but as far as the game's difficulty, man, like the difficulty of the game can range from super easy, depending on how good your character is, to super busted. Um, the thing that I love about the game is the character customization, uh, not just physical appearance. You don't get that much with the physical appearance, but everything that you can do with your character: stats, skills, gear. Um, yeah, respect. You can even rebuild. Yeah, you can even rebuild your character too, to an extent. To an extent. Yeah. Um, but it's just amazing in that sense that it's so, just like every other Diablo style, it's extremely mm-hmm. into building a, a character you want to build. Yeah. And so, like, for instance, I, I play, my favorite class out of all four is the Engineer because it's the tankiest one because, like I said earlier in this thing, I, I'm all about being a tank. Um, so I went sword and board with that guy, and uh, I, I've gotten to the point now where I just, I literally can't, oh, I can, but I literally don't die very yeah. often. At, like ever <laughs> and he keeps uh, me alive too because yeah I'm, I'm basically just keeping him alive i'm keeping you know anybody else that plays with us alive and i'm also dealing a decent amount of damage now that i can actually you know divert some skills into that but um the game itself i think took what 60 plus hours to complete and we yeah. pl- like we tried to beat it yeah it yeah, wasn't we were like getting we were pretty around we were beating the game and it took 60 hours yeah and, and it uh, wasn't like a, a drawn-out kind of 60 where we were like, yeah. oh, I, I'm done with it now. I want to be yeah, done with the game. Right. It was more of, I would like to see what the ending is so we can see what the end game <laughs> offers. Yes, like, we were genuinely like, dude, we have to get this game done just to see what happens because we're, we're so... Or every time we would complete a big boss, we're like, oh, snap, this could be it. We're hitting the final chapter. No, nope, there's five more. Yep. <laughs> there's just easy five more that you got to do. Yeah, when we beat it the first time, we almost immediately dropped into New Game Plus, and it's even better after that. 
Yeah, yeah. The fact that yeah, you get a new game plus, which is kind of like prestige mode, but you don't reset, and you get to go back and redo the entire campaign. By the way, with different enemies, different loot, different gear, different everything. Uh, the only thing that stays the same is the campaign. Uh, fantastic add-on to the game, in my opinion. Um, the Switch port, they did a really good job yeah. with the Switch port, by the way. I would recommend if you're going to play it, you play it on PC or Switch. If you're going to play it on PC with friends, you got to finagle it. But Yeah, but, uh, if you're going to play with uh, friends, probably Switch. But If you, you want to play with mods, obviously you would go to the PC. Yeah, but yeah. if you want to play with friends and you want to play the base game, uh, definitely get it on the Switch. It's yeah. absolutely fantastic. Best $20 I think you'll spend on a game on yeah. the Switch. And out of all goes the twenty dollar range, yeah, yeah, it, all, it does often go on sale. Out of all the twenty dollar games on on the Switch, I think it is the best one by far. No, hands hands down, the best one by far that you can get for twenty dollars. Um, matter of fact, let me think hard, long and hard about this. I don't know enough about the twenty dollar games, so I'm not going to make no, a star, well, strong stance as you. I'm just I'm making a strong stance because I. I very much often search for $20 or less games if I, I just want to play something new for a couple of days or whatever, but obviously this was a better purchase. Yeah. But I think it's the, one of the best top five minimum, top five minimum best $20 games yeah. out there by far. I mean, it's just tremendously amazing. The, the combat's awesome. The aesthetic is crazy, especially when all the skills are popping off and everything. You get all these different summons for, fighting with you. Yeah, because... for, for a game that came out in 2012, 2011 or 12. It is aged extremely well. Does not lag. Uh, maybe on the Switch, obviously Sometimes. the Switch lags. On the Switch lags, but PC version never lags to the most part. Um, the particle effects, man, were pretty good. The vendors are pretty good. You know, all the skills and things that you can do in the game uh, are pretty amazing. Um, my favorite thing that I did with my tank characters, I just wanted to build a thousand minions. You know, so you get pets in the game, which pets is Larry's like. Big sell point. If he doesn't have pets, dude, he nine times out of ten doesn't want it. Dude, I, I told him. Off. I told him when we were looking into getting a game. Like, listen, I, I refuse to get any of these other games he mentioned to me because Torchlight had a pet. So yes. I was like, we're getting Torchlight because yeah, of these it, pets. Bare, bare minimum, we're gonna get Torchlight because it has pets. Yeah, no I, I told him that about, straight up. <laughs> no fans or butts. No sitting there and saying like, uh, you know, you know, I'll compromise. No, it was pet or nothing. No yeah. for nothing. Yeah, I, I refused to compromise. And I think at that time the game was like 30 bucks. So Levi yeah. was, Reap was like, oh, dude, I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, because I knew nothing about the series of the game. Me I was either. like, ah, you know, it looks like a bad Diablo. And then we played it and it's better than Diablo by far. It's <laughs> well, better than Diablo. Like Diablo sucks in comparison to me. And I don't care about all you Blizzard nerds that end up watching yeah. this. You can kiss yeah, my butt. Shut up, uh, you Blizzard nerds. Get out of yeah. here and go with Quay in the dog water section. Alrighty. Anyways. <laughs> anyways. I'm swinging today. Oh, my. All right. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, if you guys end up wanting to see anything more specific on, uh, specifically Torchlight, check we're it out on the channel because we're playing we're, that one. Are we Are we going to record tonight on it or no? Uh, we're not going to record tonight because uh, we're playing with Yesh. But whenever we oh, do okay. the uh, our PC so playthrough, we'll be recording that one. Okay. Now, our uh, PC playthrough is definitely uh, – I used to stream it on Twitch uh, uh, some. I might start getting back into that depending – Hey, it's uh, up to you, man. They don't deserve you. I, they might. Oh, my bad. You guys might deserve Reap. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. I'm saying they might not deserve me, you know? Oh, never mind. You, you guys don't deserve them. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. I hate this audience. 
<laughs> you already no, hear a second. Uh, that, that, yeah, you're right. This audience is dog water. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> but no, back, I'm going to finish on a closing statement yeah, towards yeah. that too. Um, the amount of broken things you can do. I like that you can take a character that's supposed to do one thing and completely do something else with it that has nothing to do with what it's supposed to, like, structured to be, and it'd be completely great. Yeah. Like, you can, as long as you go head first in it and actually, you know, do some research on some stuff, you can make whatever type of character you want to build, and that's pretty sick. I, I very much enjoy that. Um, I recommend you guys pick it up. I mean, you can pick out all of these games, I believe, besides Pokemon. You can pick them all up on Steam in the Epic Game Store. Yeah. Pokemon, Hard Gold, and Soul Silver, as mentioned earlier. That's a high dollar game if you were to buy that off eBay right now. So uh, I would recommend emulating it or get a reproduction. That's just my opinion. Um, it's legal. Well, emulating it is technically legal. Technically legal. If you've so, owned the game before, it is. That yes, that right? is very true. Very true. <laughs> very true. Um, Did the yeah, chat like, have anything else you'd like to share with us before uh, <laughs> we end up closing out? Uh, we're taking calls here at 855-REAP-LLC, 855-REAP-LLC. <laughs> I'm just playing. If they end up but, having uh, anything, you just let me know. Uh, something well, I wanted says, to say. Koi did say Cold Steel will never be respected. Don't ever forget that. So, mm. 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 I mean, it kind of makes sense. I, don't, I didn't respect the game after your speech. That's okay. But, but I, did, I was you know, slightly more intrigued to watch yeah. your videos. And I've seen a couple of your videos here on Larry and Jew. That, that's uh, okay. They're, my, they're pretty good. My quality of audio will consistently be bad all the way through until Cold Steel 2. <laughs> well, I thought, it, I mean, it, it's okay. Your camera work is a little shoddy. Hey, that's uh, okay. It, it'll get better. Commentary, Do I, I think I still have my mustache during, uh, <laughs> during uh, those. So it's, yeah, you need to grow They're back. pretty old recordings. They need to grow back for me. I got I to gotta get my uh, this to start growing here so I can uh, have the handlebar while you don't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have it. Don't worry. Screw the Air Force, <laughs> by the way. By the way, if you're watching out there, if anybody's in the United States Air Force, that organization is garbage. Amen. Get out while you, when you, whenever you can. Don't sign up Facts. on that contract. Don't Facts. join the military. Facts. Facts. <laughs> you Facts. heard it here. The government will kill us for saying this, but we're saying it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, so... You said you had something to say beforehand? Yeah, yeah. Something I wanted to bring up was uh, just the fact that we're going to continue trying to give you guys a uh, like a formula with our episodes. We like trying to have things on brand. Uh, specifically, I like them on brand. Uh, and Reap just sort of caved. <laughs> caved? Yeah. <laughs> when you pulled up He's our right. arguments earlier. Um, so if you guys end up having any suggestions, just feel free to let us know. We what... won't listen to them. Well, you can let us know. Yeah, uh, let us know so we know what to really, avoid talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's, it's really difficult to try and get Larry to literally accept anything that's not his own idea. So Yeah, yeah. if it's um, not my idea, it's probably not going to show up on this uh, podcast. But if you let me know in the comments or just if you know me in person, it won't. tell it me, won't. and I will take it as if it's my own idea, if it's a good one. Yeah. And I won't give you any credit, so just keep that in mind. Yeah, we'll never give you credit. Now, we might have you on for an interview yeah. or something, but we'll try to get to know you a little bit, but as soon as you get off, you're getting bashed. Yeah, yeah. So, we we hate anybody who supports us. 
especially Benny and the mother effing Jets. Benny that and guy. the mother effing Jets ran a terrible court. I yeah, ran a disrespect him as a judge. Court. Picked the wrong verdict on you know. Uh, I I won't go that far. He picked the right verdict, but he was so disrespectful oh, that I. If you go back and watch the tape, technically I I was in favor. Mm-hmm. He was in favor. Of me. Well, you legally, legally you weren't. And if you so. go back and watch the tape, verbal a verbal, we had nothing signed, so verbal hey, is all that hey. mattered. And he said it was illegal. He said it was illegal. <laughs> listen, but, listen. He he made it known that he was on my side. So. But we're going to have a, uh, another debate coming up soon. Hopefully we can get uh, some more guests in here. Uh, yep. I don't know if we're going to do a court style or not, or if we're just going to do it open floor, but um, we're still debating on that. Uh, yeah. But I don't know what it's going to be about. I think we're going to lean towards more of a, a some type of tier list of some kind of, of bad video games like Breath of the Wild, um, stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why you're looking at me like that. Breath of the Wild is bad. It's bad. <laughs> we- We'll get on that next episode, buddy. <laughs> we'll get, all right. You want to hit the shameless plugs this time? Because I'm always the one that does it. Shameless plugs. I don't plug nothing. Uh, boy, Fo- you have follow to, Reap you on have Reap. to promote. Follow Reap at Twitter at the Reaper Incarnate. Can you use our promo Twitch. code at Rage Shadow. I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, you can follow me on this channel right here at the Reaper Incarnate. You can follow Larry and Jew on youtube.com forward slash the, uh, not the, yeah, but Larry no and Jew. my name, buddy. Oh, I'm sorry. Mr. I Jew. think it's the Larry and Jew on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Larry, the Larry and Jew on TikTok. You can see him talk to himself and talk to himself about hot sauce. Um, I'm thinking about starting a TikTok soon. Yeah, you can do, you can do uh, clips, buddy. You can do clips. I'll probably end up doing some clips. Uh, I'm starting, once I get done with this house stuff uh, here, I'll be really heavily considering getting back into streaming. Um, a couple other things. You know, there's there's going to be some projects that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be working on, either solo or, or Larry's going to help with me. I haven't discussed it with him yet, but there's a oh. couple product, uh, projects I'm going to be working on. Ooh. So it's a couple projects like Operation Get Cut. You know, that's one that he's going to be a part of. Yeah. But uh, It's happening. Yeah, well, I, don't know about him. I don't know about him. That's going on my TikTok. That's going. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, all right, guys. Well, uh, that's going to wrap it up here for us. We'll, we're going to basically not give you a time. We're going to be back next week because uh, we have lives. So get wrecked and have a good day. Hate you.